You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. keyboard and all those things that I do and so when you spring me at uh, spring me up at 859 I'm not ready to go but I am here and it is a new week and it's Tennessee week and uh, uh, we'll get to Justin you need to pull the famous clip about the lowdown because and, and again a quick story I tell this every year but you know that uh, you don't know Justin because you haven't been here on my list tonight it knows that was videoed by an intern of mine at the TV station back years ago and uh now it got it got out on the internet and people have claimed it as theirs and put their logo on it and all that stuff but that was um that was shot by a wva 23 intern and um he uh he since went on to he, he had a career in tv interesting interesting story and uh then he uh went into the uh priesthood and he's now a priest, I want to say, down in, uh, um, I want to say down in New Orleans. But uh, I'll tell you more about that story. But anyway, yeah, that famous video clip, he was doing it actually for a class project. But he was uh, he was my intern at the time and uh, was a really good intern. And um, his name is Nick Adam, Nick N-I-C-K, Adam, A-D-A-M. I tell you what we'll do. We'll get him on this week, Justin. We'll get we'll get Nick on for Tennessee Week and have him tell the story of how he uh, found that kid on campus and started that viral video of uh, they low down, dirty, they some snitches. We'll have to, should have, I should have told you to lead off the show. You already got it ready? All right, before we do anything else, let's go ahead and kick off Tennessee Week in style. All right, man, uh, just uh, say what you've been saying, man. Why do you uh, hate Tennessee? Man, I hate Tennessee because first of all, it's Tennessee, and I I, I just hate them because they 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 low down, they dirty, they some snitches, and I hate Philophoma. I hate their colors. I'm not a dog person. I I just hate Tennessee, man. Like, and I I hate N- Nayland Stadium. It looks like a garbage truck worker convention, and I hate all their quarterbacks. I just I hate Tennessee, man. Describe what you feel about their colors, too. I that was it, it, it reminds me, it, and it, it's not that orange that you can stand. See, I hate Tennessee more than I hate Auburn. I just dislike Auburn. I hate Tennessee. See, Tennessee's colors, is, it's that, that throw-up orange. It's not that orange that you can sit with. It's that puke inside of a pumpkin orange. That I, and I don't like pumpkins. So I just, I just, I, I really don't like Tennessee, man. I, I can't stress that enough, man. And 
they 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 losers. They sore losers because they they they're not Alabama, and I, I hate Tennessee, man. There you have it. So again, that that is a guy named Nick Adam conducting that interview, and that was back when uh, obviously it was still before Alabama rattled off 15 in a row against them. <clears throat> Tennessee had had a lot of success, and you know um, I can't remember exactly the year, but it was before the the boom of of Facebook and and Twitter and all of that, and even really YouTube. I know YouTube was around, but. Uh, he shot that, and unfortunately, he doesn't get the credit for it because, as I said, there's somebody out there that grabbed the video <clears throat> and put their, <clears throat> pardon me, put their logo on the bottom right of the screen. Uh, but that uh, we'll get Nick Adam on, and he can tell the story this week. It's very, very, very interesting and entertaining. But welcome into the program, everybody. I'm Gary Harris. I got Justin Jones with me right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the first of Maine condos hotline. This is Monday, October 16, 2023. It's glorious outside. Got down in the 40s last night. I woke up this morning and, and walked outside and was like, wow, this is this is chilly. Man, I love it. What a beautiful weekend we had. Uh, Alabama football gets the win over Arkansas to keep winning at 6-1 and one overall, 4-0 in the SEC. But uh, just another one of those games. It's like pulling teeth, getting it over with. Alabama's in complete command. Uh, at 24 to 6 late in the third quarter Arkansas couldn't get a first down um, Alabama gets off the field it appeared we're going to get off the field deep in Arkansas territory on a third down they get a stop but you get a defensive face mask call on Jalen Key away from the ball he and another guy were having a, it looks just like a scrum to me and they both pulled each other to the ground but Alabama got the flag they weren't offsetting which is probably what they should have been but then again the call went against Alabama it extended the drive and and lo and behold, the next thing you know, you get down close to the, you know, in, in the red zone, and Alabama gets the inevitable defensive pass interference. Which, if I'm a team that plays Alabama, I'm just throwing the ball into the end zone when I'm down there in the 20 yard line or so three times. Because odds are, one of those times you're going to get a flag. And um, they get a touchdown, and the offense had been stalling out. The next thing you know, they're on the move again. Uh, Terry and Arnold has uh, K.J. Jefferson, I thought, in the grasp. He must have had him for six or eight seconds, but they didn't call him down. And as Coach Saban said, and we'll get to Coach Saban's audios, next thing you know, uh, <clears throat> he throws him off of him and completes a pass. And, and uh, you know, they wind up getting a two-point conversion, and all of a sudden it's, it's 24 to 21, and you're hanging on for dear life trying to win the game. And I, and I tell you, the way the vibe I was getting is if Arkansas had gotten the ball back, they'd have found a way to tie or win the game, but they didn't. Thank, give Alabama's offense credit for this and give Milrow credit, who had a big first half and then had a terrible second half, as the offense did. The next thing you know, on second 13, he throws a ball that couldn't have been placed any more perfect to Amari Nyblak. He throws it over one guy in front of two other guys. <clears throat> perfect throw, great catch. They get a first down, and ultimately they were able to run the uh, run the clock out, although they did get a uh, illegal procedure when they're trying to take a knee because Jermaine Burton, who's the safety guy, back behind the quarterback, won't be still because he's too busy mouthing off to Arkansas players. And then I had to watch after the game um, one of those big, you know, strength department um you know, Alabama's got all these young coaches over there on the sideline. One of those big, strong guys had to had to literally escort him off the field <clears throat> after the players had to grab him after the game, so that he didn't get in a didn't get in a scrum after the game. 
And uh, But they won the game, 24-21, and now it's Tennessee week, and that's where we're at. Hey, this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of banking, Alabama Credit Union. Uh, loans for real life. Find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com, Alabama Credit Union. Join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, the lineup for today, Rodney Orr from Tider Insider. We're going to break it all down about Alabama going forward with Tennessee. Look back at the Arkansas game. That's coming up at 930. Casey Smith on golf at 1030. He's got some news on uh, this PGA Tour LIV merger that we're going to talk about then. We'll hear from Nick Saban. His uh, Saturday postgame comments, including that famous now, uh, uh, it's going viral. He, tried, he said it wrong the first time, but, uh, you know, ultimately he said like a gnat on a, on a cow's uh, rear end is the way that uh, um, Jefferson threw Terry and Arnold off of him. So we'll have those comments for you, and uh, we'll look back at the rest of the SEC. Another busy Sunday in the NFL, Bama in the NFL. Weird games yesterday. Upsets, both the Niners and the Eagles go down. The Bills very fortunate to win at home over the Giants. Just some crazy goings on in the NFL. Jalen Hurts uh, had a poor game by his standards. And uh, and the Eagles just, when you beat the Eagles, they have to help you. It was, I remember that game last year against the Commanders, kind of the same or similar thing. Give the Jets credit, they've got a good defense. But the Eagles had four turnovers, dropped passes. Jalen threw an uncharacteristic interception there at the end of the game that allowed the, the Jets to uh, take the lead and uh, they got beat and the same thing happened with the Niners against the Browns. They made mistakes. Uh, the Bills should have gotten beat but the Giants, the Giants can't even beat you when when you try to give them the game. That's how bad that team has gotten this year. But uh, crazy Sunday in the NFL in uh, NASCAR, a big win for Kyle Larson at Las Vegas. He's into the Final Four. And horrible news if you're a day, uh, Ryan Blaney fan, he gets uh, um, penalized at the end for an illegal shock, I think it was, or something. We'll, we'll read it for you. And all his points are taken away as he is uh, disqualified, and now he's struggling. He'll probably have to win a race to get into the Final Four. So and he was in good shape. So, things, boy, it's been a weird year in NASCAR, too. So all that's coming up on the show. Right now, though, we're going to jump out on the first of Mankind's hotline, and Joseph is going to lead us off. What's up, Gary? Hey, Joseph, good morning. Man, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Taylor Murrow didn't have his best game yesterday. I'm like, dang, man, I was hoping you would have another day like you had at Texas A&M, Murrow. But, I mean, I, it wasn't all his fault. The Dagenham offensive line, he, he took five sacks. And some of those were his fault. And some of them was offensive line's fault. But, I mean, I mean. Yeah, the offense in general uh, just bogged down in the second half. It Really, Joseph, the whole team, um, it was like, you know, they, they had the big second quarter. You know, he hit on a couple really long passes. They get up 21-6. to six, And then remember, they had that great drive to go up 28-6. to six, And they had third and three. I guess it was, you know, what, inside the 10-yard line. And Jalen rolled to the right. But over to the left, he had McClellan wide open and out in the flat. And he didn't see him. And he winds up throwing the ball away. And they kick a field goal. And you still think they're in good shape. You still think, well, 24-6. to six, Arkansas hadn't shown the ability, like I said, to hardly get a first down against Alabama's defense. But then you have that you have that crucial penalty. I mean, away from the play, you get a defensive face mask because the guy's over there tied up with a guy from Arkansas. And I don't I'm not sure it was all Jalen Key's fault. Like I said, I thought they both were, you know, slinging each other to the ground. But the call goes against Alabama. You extend 
extend the drive. You give them life. You get a defensive pass interference on the goal line. They score a touchdown, and it's game on. I mean, that's the kind of things that have, have been happening around here the last couple of years that just didn't used to happen. You know, just, just self-inflicted wounds, stupid penalties, um, you know, you, you can't they can't seem to get the game over. You know, last week it was the blocking the, the the blindside block on the return of the blocked field goal for a touchdown that takes points, takes a touchdown off the board. This week it's the it's the defensive face mask call away from the play. You, if you if this team's gonna get to where it wants to go, it's gonna have to figure out a way to clean this stuff up. And I you know, in the offensive line, you're right, it's not all the offensive line's fault. Sometimes it's it's Milrow's fault. But they are struggling to block. Um that defensive end, number 40, that started his career at LSU and uh, transferred to Arkansas, and I'll have to, I have to look up his name, he had a field day against Proctor and Pritchett, too, over there. I, I, I thought he was going to – I thought they were going to get Milrow killed with some of those shots that, uh, that, uh, that he took. So, yeah, there's a lot for this team. I'm, I'm happy they're 6-1. and one. I'm happy that they're, they're uh, undefeated in the SEC. But they got to play better, man. They got to play better. Uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you, Dave, they better not play like that versus LSU because we're be talking to him if we say play like that versus LSU. Well, I, I'm with you. They're going to play better against Tennessee, I think. I mean, you can't you can't keep having these uh, – these mistakes and beat these good teams. Landon Jackson's that defensive end. He started his career at uh, at LSU, transferred to Arkansas. But I'm telling you, man, six seven, two eighty, long. He uh, he had himself a ball game coming off the edge, dude. He uh, he was he was good. Alabama couldn't handle him. He had a he had a big day. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I think they're going to have to they're going to have to play better and. They're capable of playing better. They're going to have to play for 60 minutes, like Saban says, and they're going to have to find a way to quit having these stupid penalties. And they've got to find a way to get Jermaine Burton under control or he's going to cost you a game. He's going to catch a ball and he's going to taunt somebody and they're going to they're going to they're going to bring the, the they're going to put a 15-yard penalty on him. He just is is going over the edge, man. I mean, he he was trying at the end of the game there to start something with somebody and they had literally had to escort him off the field. Well, Jermaine Burke's a thug. Well, I mean, let's don't he... go there now. Again, I told you I don't like that those kind of negative terms. But I'm just saying he's going to okay. have to. He's going to have to. He's going to have to stay in the game and not get caught up in this outside. This outside stuff that's going on. So anyway, they got a lot to work on, and you know, going to have to play better this week, and um, you know, get to the bye week. Hopefully, they can get a win, and then, like you said, in two weeks against LSU, they're going to have to play 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 really well because LSU's offense is the best offense in the SEC. I, and I totally agree with you. And I'm going to be able to tell you that, that Landon Jackson guy, I don't want to give him too much credit because all the tackles on that side were doing stopping. So, I mean, we didn't, I, that's the weak side of our line he was having a field day on. And, uh, I mean, but I mean, you got to give credit to the Arkansas staff. I mean, they found a weak point in Alabama's offensive line. But, but um, at the same time, I watched the end of the game, Gary. Them boys were not walking off celebrating. Them boys walking off with their heads down like, well, it's like Saban said, you know, you won the game, but did you beat the other team? And we're going to have his comments. He had some great comments on Saturday. We'll have them on the show. But did you win the game uh, or, or did you beat the other team? There is a difference. They won the game, but they didn't put that team away. And, uh, you know, I do give Arkansas credit for fighting, but Alabama helped them out. And, you know, if you – well, on that play that, that you get the stop in deep in their territory, if they have to punt there, I think the game is over. But you gave them life and – 
that's the kind of stuff that just can't happen, man. And hopefully these coaches are going to continue to stress it and get it cleaned up, and and uh, they're going to they're going to play better going forward. Hey, got to hit the break, Joseph. Thanks, appreciate it. Uh, no problem, Gary. All right, nine fourteen here on the Gary Harris Show. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We're off and running. We'll be back with more of your phone calls if you want to give us a ring. And I want to be clear on Jermaine Burton. I, I think he's a talented football player. I think he adds value to the offense, but he's not right now. He's he's potential liability. I mean, there's just too much chirping going on. There's just too many near incidents that he's getting into, and um, you know it's going to cost him at some point in time. You know, it cost him against LSU uh, against uh, against A and M. You know, he got a penalty. So I uh, had a big game, had a huge game, and uh, is a talented wide receiver. But why the coaching staff can't get him to? Um, Get away from all that stuff outside of the play, I don't know. But I'm sure they're trying. All right, it's 9.15. We'll be back with more of the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Discover, this is Danny. This free has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool, breezy day today with a partly sunny sky, the high 62. Tonight, fair with a low at 44. Or tomorrow and Wednesday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 67, the high Wednesday at 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 50 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right, 9:19. Welcome back into The Gary Harris Show. Phone lines are open on the First of Main Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. Give us a call if you'd like to get through. And Bama in the NFL is always so much fun. There's so many players. Uh, yesterday you had uh, Bryce and Tua going ahead. Interesting thing about uh, Tua, he's going to go against uh, – he went against Bryce and the Panthers. Next week he'll play against uh, Mack and the Patriots. Then he'll play against Jalen and the Eagles. How about that? Uh, Alabama quarterback's going uh, – Tua's going head-to-head with all of his former Alabama – quarterback brethren in three consecutive weeks two in the Dolphins get a, as expected get the better of Bryce. Oh, the Bryce played well early uh, Panthers actually led in that game 14 to nothing 
before the Dolphins uh, stormed back to win 42-21. Feeling bad for Mac Jones now. I don't know if you saw it, Justin. He, uh, maybe you can pull up Jim Nance's and, and Tony Romo's call of it. They're down 19-17 uh, to 17, <clears throat> late in the game. And uh, they're down on the goal line. And uh, Mac Jones throws a deep bar ball with double coverage. And Devontae Parker, you could not have dropped the ball. Find it for me. And we'll play. You, you, it's, on, it's on social media with Nance and Romo's call. <clears throat> Threw it about 60 yards in the air. Uh, you could not have dropped the ball in, his, in a bread basket any better. I mean, he absolutely hit him right in the hands between two defenders. Would have been almost in the field goal range. The Patriots could have played to try to get into field goal range and um, kicked the field goal and won the game. And then on the next play, Matt Jones gets sacked for a safety. And the game's over. And you get beat. Um I mean, you got to your your national uh, your your national football league wide receiver. You got a quarterback who's catching major heat. You haven't won a game in a while, um, and it hits you. Do you do, have you found it? I mean, listen to the call by Nance and Romo. You can't see the video obviously because we're on the radio, but listen to this call. From the end zone, stepping up, Jones launches deep. Parker had it right in his hands. All right, you didn't get the reaction there from Romo, but there's a longer clip if you can find it. I should have sent it to you. It's about a 30 or 40 second clip where Romo says, talks about how good that throw was and how you could not have thrown it any better. One of the best throws they've seen this season. And the guy drops it. Um, All right, here we go. Let's, Let's, this is a longer version. Well, apparently this version doesn't have any audio to it. Okay, so all right. Well, anyway, you get the you get the gist of it. I should have I should have queued that up this morning and just sent it to Justin. But um, I mean, that's the kind of thing that losing teams do, like the Giants, Patriots. At the same time, um, when you have a chance to make a play, and you have a play there for the, for the quarterback who makes a perfect throw on a deep ball. You know, it, it's 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 season changing. I mean, the the Pats had a chance to pick up a, a second win, and um, you know, it is what it is. I'm I'm sitting here watching it right now on my computer. I don't have any audio with it, but that's a longer version. I wish you could find that longer version. I mean, just hitting right in the hands. It would have been first down at about the 46 yard line of the Raiders, and I mean, of the uh, yeah of the Raiders, and you would have been in position with with under two minutes to go to go win the game. And hit him, I mean, literally hit him right in the hands. Here's the replay. I mean, I'm watching. I mean, just couldn't have thrown it any better. I mean, could not have, like I said, dropped it in a basket any better. When you find it, Justin, just let me know. But <clears throat> that's where we're at in the NFL right now. One play can be the difference in a game. Uh, parity is here. Uh, we are not going to have an undefeated team this year. Uh, we haven't had one a perfect team since 1972, as you know. Uh, the Dolphins were the last team to be perfect over 50 years ago. But we're through six games, and there are no unbeaten teams. There's not a single unbeaten team in the NFL after just six weeks. Not a one. 
the 49ers and the Eagles were the only two left, and they got beat. They got beat yesterday. So you've got division leaders. You've got the Dolphins in the AFC East at five and one. The Ravens at four and two in the AFC North. The Jaguars at four and two in the AFC South. The Chiefs at five and one in the AFC West. The Eagles at five and one in the NFC East. The Lions at five and one in the NFC North. The Bucks at three and two in the NFC South. They've already had their bye. And the 49ers at five and one in the NFC West. So if you want parity, you've got it in the National Football League. It is, it's like I say all the time, the 32nd best team, which is the last place, the worst team in the NFL, can beat the number one team. It can happen. Let's say the Carolina Panthers, who look like maybe they're the worst team in the NFL this year. They're the only team that doesn't have a win. They're 0-6. But the Carolina Panthers are capable on any Sunday, on any given Sunday of beating a team. And they got, listen, they get the Texans next week. And the Texans are 3-3 three and three under D'Amico Ryans. And C.J. Stroud's off to a great start as a rookie quarterback. But I'm telling you what, the Panthers are capable of getting their first win at home against the Texans, a team now that is very much in the hunt in the AFC South. They're a division championship contender. But they better watch it. On Sunday, did you find a longer clip yet, Justin? Can't find it. Okay, that's a. Um, anyway, but that you heard the short version of it when Nance said hit him right in the hands, but those are the kind of plays that bad teams don't make. You know, like the Giants on the one yard line last night, chance to beat the Bills. Had really should have won the game, and and they can't they can't make the play. You know, bad teams can't make the play. Good teams find a way to make the play, and right now. You're looking at Mac Jones, whose job is on the line, future possibly as a quarterback in the National Football League, is on the line. And he has an opportunity to make a play, and he throws it from his end zone and hits Parker right in the hands for what would have been a, like a 55-yard gain, and the guy drops the ball on you. And I'll tell you this, the Eagles yesterday, Jalen had a had a poor game, but Devontae Smith dropped a ball going across in the middle. It might have been a touchdown. And nobody was around him. He, he, he got dropped that ball one out of 1,000, but he dropped it. A.J. Brown dropped one. And then at the end of the game, with the lead, Jalen Hurts inexplicably threw a horrible interception. Didn't see the guy. Threw it right to him. And then in the 49ers game, you're playing another good defense in the Browns, and you get some injuries, and the next thing you know, you get beat. So again, it's it's there's no there's no distinguishing between good teams and bad teams all the time in the NFL, other than on any given Sunday. I don't have the clip here, Gary, but I do have a, an awesome clip of Tony Romo kind of breaking down the match. Yeah, do it. Let's let's run that. Mac Jones is better than what is being talked about or being shown. Sometimes the tape shows that he's not playing well at times. I think the reason why he hasn't been replaced is because I think he's actually helping them, you know, have a chance to win more often than the opposite. And the last two weeks were terrible. But when you look at it, these games come down to turnovers. And the turnover he had today was not okay. I mean, that is an indiscriminate throw with a guy wide open. And that, you can look back and say, those are points. And at the end of it, you end up losing by, you know, just a little bit. I mean, that could be the difference in the game. Yeah, they're not a good team. But 
And at times, obviously, like we've talked about, Matt Jones has not played well. But that offense is flawed. And I don't care who the quarterback is. It's a, it's a flawed offense. But it's tough because right now, you know, Matt Jones is on the verge, I think, of being benched. I don't know who else they, you know, they've got you know, on the roster. They've, they've, that's any better than Matt Jones. Um, but at the same time, it's a results-oriented business, and, and the Patriots are struggling. All right, it's 928. We're going to break away from the Bama and the NFL talk, and we're going to come back with Rodney Orr, and we're going to go uh, headfirst into Alabama football and do it like only Mr. Totter and Sider can do it. That's coming up next right here on the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Patterson Cobra. Flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And uh, always love talking Bama in the NFL, but we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk Bama uh, that's currently at Bama right now with Rodney Orr from TiderInsider.com and TiderInsider TV. Is we're going to break down this Arkansas game and then move on, of course, to Tennessee. So we got uh, we got plenty on the plate this morning to unwrap and to discuss. Good morning, Rod. Good morning, Gary. How are you? Doing well. Let's let's start with recapping the, the Arkansas game because it was a strange game. I mean, even after the game was over, if you just looked at the stats, you see Alabama with 415 total yards, Arkansas with 250, 238 passing yards to 150, 177 rushing yards to 100. And you'd probably say, well, Alabama won that game fairly comfortably, probably a couple of touchdowns. Not the case. Um, 24-21 and, and, and had to make a couple plays there at the end of the game to put it away and not have to give the ball back to what had suddenly become a hot Arkansas offense. Let's start with, with the first half because you're in good shape at half 21 to six. It wasn't like the team was consistently moving the ball, but uh, the big plays were there. And you know, the first half for a team that has struggled in some first halves, you felt pretty good at halftime at 21, six, didn't you? Yeah, I thought so. Um, uh, you know, I thought it was, uh, a solid first half performance. Actually, I really thought going into the game that it was going to be a challenge for Alabama because uh, I felt like it was a little bit of a trap type game. You know, you're coming off a big road win at uh, Texas A&M. You've got a young team. Uh, can they get their feet back on the ground and play well in a homecoming atmosphere, which sometimes can be a distraction, as you know. And it's an early morning game, 11 a.m. So I thought all of those things could be challenging for this team. And, uh, you know, so the way they came out in the first half, they played pretty well. You know, you couldn't complain. It was, like you said, I thought it was a solid, solid performance. Um, you know, then whatever happened in the second half, they kind of got lulled to sleep a little bit. And uh, Arkansas made a comeback. There were probably about five or six plays there that got my attention. It probably allowed Arkansas to do that. Uh, you know, I thought that, uh, obviously they had a third and three Alabama did in the red zone and they were running the ball pretty well. A lot of people have criticized Tommy Reese for throwing the ball there, but I, 
uh, look, it was a pretty basic play. Uh, McClellan was open for an easy first down in the flat or maybe a walk-in touchdown, and, you know, they just didn't didn't see him. Uh, so then I thought the face mask penalty was a really big play. It gave Arkansas new life when Alabama had stopped him on third down. But I also think what really hurt Alabama was on that, that drive after the, the face mask, they gave up a big scramble. from uh, And I think that's kind of what turned the game around for, for Arkansas offensively was they let Jefferson loose a few times. He, he got a big scramble on that, that drive, put them in position to score. And then on the uh, a possession in the fourth quarter, kind of the same thing. They let him loose on a, on a scramble. Then they had him sacked for a big play on a second and 10 that would have put them in a bad third down situation. He completes that ball. And I thought that was really a crucial play as well. So I think those are probably the crucial plays in the game. And again, I think uh, the, the biggest play for Alabama was on that second down play that uh, Milrow makes the throw to Nye Black. And he had a guy in front of in his face. Milrow did. You got to give him credit. He was struggled in the second half, but he just kind of jumped up and lobbed the ball over, dropped it right in there, and Nye Black made a great catch. So uh, then they ran the clock out, and it's just kind of the way it was. Yeah, that was second and 13. You're right, and and, and uh, they had struggled throwing the ball in the second half, but when he had to make a throw, he did. But let's get back to the – because you're right, all, all that's dead on. But for this team to get where it wants to go, uh, we say this every week, but it just – Sometimes it's its own worst enemy. At that point in the game when it's 24-6 to and they're at third down deep in their own territory, I don't think they had – in fact, I know they didn't. They didn't have 100 yards of offense at the time. And you get a stop. You get a stop. They're not going to go for it there. They're throwing 20-something yard line, and you're off the field. Now, I thought it was a questionable call. Looking back at it, you got two guys away from the ball going at it, and they slung each other down. It's, it should have been, I thought, offsetting or no call. But you get a defensive face mask away from the ball. I don't know that you're – you may not see that call again this year. And, you know, that can't happen. I'm sorry. If you're going to be a championship-caliber team, and Saban says it every week, the stupid penalties. And then, of course, you got the inevitable uh, defensive pass interference down on the goal line. And then you're right. You let Jefferson, who was really struggling to throw the football, let's be honest, uh, make a couple plays with his legs. And then later on again in the, on the next drive that they scored on, as you said, he threw Terry and Arnold off of him after the guy had, had had him wrapped up for six or eight seconds, it seemed like. But – I thought that one play was pivotal in the game because you extend a possession for a team that's going nowhere. You give them life. And that if you're going to be a championship caliber team, Roddy, that kind of stuff has to stop happening. Last week, you get the, the, the blindside block from Dallas Turner, 15 yards behind Braswell, takes a touchdown off the board. They won both those games. But against better teams, you're not going to win games doing that kind of stuff. And I don't know what you – I know they're trying to clean it up, but that to me that's just a horrible penalty. I think you're you're 100 right. I mean, it's composure. You know, got to got to keep your composure. Got to be mature. You got to be thinking about the team. And again, I, I, I'm not blaming Key because I really don't. You know, I saw it. It was kind of a. You know, you just look at the play afterwards. I, it was a I, I watched call. it on the I replay. <clears throat> yeah, I did. And and so I really, you know, I don't want to be too on him. I, I I do think you have to keep your composure, though. I think, you know, you could even look at Jermaine Burton. And again, not picking on Jermaine, but you know, you got to be mature enough to keep your composure. You can't 
you know, every play be looking to challenge someone on the field after the play. I mean, you, you just got to keep your composure because this is about, you know, playing the game. And, and, and you know, Saban always talks about paying attention to detail and all of those things. Well, this is attention to detail. You can't give the other team opportunities. Uh, these teams are talented. I mean, Arkansas, I, I agree with everything Nick Saban said about they're not a bad team. They're not what their record says. Uh, they're better than that. Um, they're capable. I think we saw that, and I think we also see the margin for error, as we've talked about all along for Alabama, is not what uh, maybe it's been in the past in some seasons. So uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, if Alabama wants to have uh, an opportunity to make a legitimate run at you know, the West, and, and they're, they're in that race right now, uh, they got some big games coming up, they cannot afford to make these mistakes against Tennessee, and against, uh, you know, LSU and some of these future opponents. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Burton. I've already discussed him. He's just, I, I don't, again, I know they're working with him, but you got to reel it in, man. You, you're trying to you're trying to get the game over with, and you get an illegal procedure because he's the safety guy back behind the quarterback and the running back, and he's, he won't be still because he's over there yapping to a, a, an Arkansas player, and he gets a, you get an illegal, illegal procedure. And then you gotta then you got to escort him off the field at the end of the game to, to keep him from getting into it with somebody. I mean, I, that's, that's just, that kind of stuff's got stop i mean i just can't keep going on um let's get to the offensive line and it's, it's been pointed out to me uh and others it's not all on the offensive line there are times jalen milrow doesn't get rid of the ball when he's supposed to um you know he's he's moving around trying to buy time that throws the timing to the playoff but there were a couple other times is somebody texted me this morning he took a couple shots that he took one shot in the back that He's fortunate he got up from. I mean, it was it was the left tackle was beat off the snap. Uh, he didn't see it coming. I mean, those are the kind of those are the kind of hits that put your put your quarterback out. Let's start with the left tackle because uh, as Gene Stallings used to say, or Coach Bryant used to say, you know, we're making an All American out of that guy. Uh, Landon Jackson's a good player. You remember him coming out of high school, at Texas Arkansas, Arkansas, Texas Arkansas, Texas. He was highly recruited. Went to LSU, six seven two eighty, long, lean, fast. But there are times that the left tackle is just not even getting out of his stance. I mean, it's, it's not no move needed. I mean, we're seven games into the season, Rodney, and you've got a glaring weakness at left tackle with, with Proctor and Pritchett. I mean, I don't know if there's anything you can do about it at this point, but uh, at some point in the game, somebody's going to come off the edge and, and, and Milrow's not going to hold on to the football and he's going to get hit and you're going to have a turnover. I mean, what do you make of it? Well, I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I wish I had answers, you know? I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I, I think that they probably uh, there's, you know, again, I, I, I'm not an offensive tackle or offensive line expert. I did speak to someone who I do consider one yeah, in terms of his experience in the SEC, playing on the offensive line, and all of those things. And uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, they don't have a guy right now playing uh, close to consistently in terms of the pass protection at that left tackle spot. I mean, you've got to use you know, tight ends to try to help. And, you know, I think that obviously takes a guy out of the, the pass routes. Uh, you know, you're one less guy. So that's something that's been, a you know, certainly a consideration. And, and then there are times that they have protected well. It's not like every play, but there are times that, that, that they have protected well and, uh, you know, done a good job. Uh, so it's just the inconsistency of it. And I, I think, you know, obviously Caden Proctor's a, a young player that probably needs to, to lose some weight, uh, to improve his feet and those types of things. He's got the potential. Maybe he should be a guard this year, but he's not. 
uh, and Pritchett is a, also a young developing player as well. So uh, it is what it is. They decided to leave J.C. Latham at right tackle in the spring, and you know, so you're where you are. Uh, so whatever they're going to do to try to alleviate or minimize the issue, I, I really don't know. But they've got to be able to do that. Now, with all that said, uh, and and again, it's 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 a you know, is this former offensive lineman told me? He said I would say it's fifty fifty. It's fifty percent offensive line, offensive tackle, left tackle. Uh, it's it's fifty percent Milrow. He he he's fourteenth in the conference in terms of holding onto the ball. Uh, Three point four seconds is what you know he told me. Right. So he's last in the conference in terms of holding on the ball. You got to get rid of the football. And I think there, the, the play you're referring to where he got leveled, it was. You know, I mean, there was we were sitting sitting right there in the press box. We could see it happen. It was right in front of us. Uh, you know, had a good view down. And and I think um, you know the one thing I saw was yes, seventy four gets beat. Uh, now what Milrow has to do is, and it, you, you got to be able to sense that. And 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 I know it's not easy. I'm not trying to make this out to be an easy thing to do. But he's got to be able to sense that and step up. If he can step up, because there was an area to step up there, he buys himself maybe an extra half second or something to say, okay, here's a guy I'm going to throw it to or I'm going to pull it down and run it. Uh, You know, this type of thing. He stepped back, and he stepped right into getting hammered. So I think those are just little things. And, again, I'm not trying to shift the blame or anything like that. It's just little things. This is a game of football. It's really fast, and it's easy to be critical of anyone, but this is a really fast game. So, uh, you know, these are just things that, that hopefully they can, you know, somehow try to, to minimize. Rodney Orr with us, breaking it down. We'll get to Tennessee in a moment. Let's uh, let's talk about the defense because for most of that game, I thought the defense was dominant. Um, they shut down the run. They didn't let – Jefferson get going at all in the passing game. They contained him, as I said, late in the third quarter. You're sitting there, um, have given up six points on two long field goals because they have a great kicker like Alabama does. By the way, Will Reichert set the SEC scoring record in that game. But uh, you're, you're up 24 to six, and I'm saying they're not doing anything, uh, but you get the penalty, and then you really allowed them for to go for about 100 and close to 160 yards of offense over really the final 16, 17 minutes of the game. Uh, that's what I was talking about with momentum. But defensively, they were really good most of the game. But after it, it, it kind of got away from them a little bit, suddenly Arkansas had life and was able to move the football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think a few things here strike me. Is we mentioned it was a 24 to 6 game. And, and, and really, I think you have to sometimes – your offense has to deliver a knockout blow, and that's what Alabama really didn't do. You're sitting comfortably at 24 to 6. I get that. But still, deliver the knockout blow. Take the will out of the other team. And I just think that's one thing this offense lacks. I mean, they're not scoring over 24 points a game. I mean, at that point, I think they had opportunities to, to, to deliver some knockout blows. All of a sudden, it's 34 to 6 or 38 to 6, and Arkansas's will is gone. You know that. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. But it didn't happen. I, I thought, too, with the, the – I go back to the scrambles that he had. I thought they were really big uh, for Arkansas to not only to get good field position in terms of setting themselves up for, for scores, but uh, just, just momentum. 
you know, confidence. And, and, and I thought the sack missing that Arnold had him stood up, you know, and, and, and he just got away. It was a great play. I mean, the guy's 250, whatever pounds, 260. Uh, he made a tremendous play. So, uh, but the good thing is, okay, so Alabama, if you want to move forward from that is they defensively, they came up with a stop when they had to, and Milrow came up with, with a play when he had to. And, and I'll say this too, and it, this is, you got to look at the big picture sometimes. And to me, it's just my opinion. When I look at the big picture, you're coming off that win against Texas A&M, as I said earlier. It's an emotional win. You had a great performance, I thought, you know, in the second half of that game. Uh, you had a lot of positives, I'll say that. Uh, and, and then you come into this game with a lot of challenges uh, against Arkansas. So, so I thought it could be a little bit of a trap game. All right, Rod, you turn the page as you have to. It's the, it's the third Saturday in October matchup with Tennessee. Uh, they snapped a 15-game losing streak against Alabama last year. We all remember it. We don't have to rehash it. It, it. it was a heartbreaking loss for the Crimson Tide and ultimately kept Alabama out of Atlanta uh, for a chance to play for you know the SEC championship and college football playoff. Alabama's won two big games. So really, well, let's be honest, they're all big in the SEC. Alabama's won four SEC games in a row. And... Um, the one at A&M was huge. The win against Ole Miss was big. But this is a bigger game because it's it's a rivalry game. And it's a Tennessee team that, even though they're not playing great, I, I, I think that Alabama will have to play better than it did against A&M and better than it did against Arkansas to win this game on Saturday. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I, I think, you know, there's just a little bit more there with this Tennessee game. I mean, just the tradition of it and all of those things is. I'm not. I wasn't overly impressed with Tennessee, to be honest with you. I, I was watching them on Saturday. They found a way to win. I give them that. That that was impressive. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm not like extremely impressed with Milton. I think he only threw for like a hundred yards in the game against a, 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 a questionable secondary. To be to be honest, mm-hmm. Texas A&M. Uh, they did run the ball at times, and and I think that's one thing they're, they're going to really try the to ball do this year. It's it's surprised yeah, me. They yeah. become a they become a running team. Yep, they ran the ball really well uh, at times against Texas A and M. So I think Alabama's got to be able to do that. And I, again, he presents Milton presents a little bit like KJ Jefferson. He's a big guy who can run. So you got to be careful with his scrambles. They could certainly be a big valuable weapon for them and. You know, I just I, I think Alabama to me, as I look at this, uh, you got them got them at home. Uh, I, I like Alabama's chances in this game. Uh, again, I, if I I don't really want to throw a score out there, but I, but I do think Alabama should. I, I feel good about Alabama's chances in this game. But again, it, it's going to it's going to be a challenge. You know, it's going to be a real challenge. And in some of these other games, as you start to move forward, you start looking at LSU and that Jaden Daniels man. That guy, he's going to be a real a pain in the neck. Well, that's but, down uh, the road, thank goodness, because you're right. That, yeah. that that LSU offense right now is next level. It, it's the best in the league. <laughs> so, but we got to got to get through this one, and then you get a bye week before that one. Thank goodness. But you're right. That's 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 looming. Tennessee though is going to present a problem like we've seen a lot in this league um, for an offense that out at in times is very inconsistent. Not just in terms of the quarterback play, but in terms of the running game and the offensive line. Um, you're going to have to face another experienced physical defensive front. Ronnie Garner's done a good good job with that group. And this is another one of these defensive lines that can, if you don't perform well up front and the quarterback doesn't doesn't perform well, they can eat you alive potentially, Rod. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're going to be really – yeah, you know, again, I, I think too, and 
Look, they're really going to be highly motivated. This is going to be a team you talked about, like A&M and Arkansas and those those teams. But I do think Tennessee is a really motivated team. I do think Heupel's done a great job of keeping them highly motivated. Uh, You know, they pulled out a really nice win with Texas A&M. Now, I do think Texas A&M was a little beat up, to be honest with you. I think Max Johnson's a little beat up. So they they did catch a break there. But, um, like I said, uh, it's going to be uh, – this is going to be a very interesting game because, you know, it, it, if Alabama doesn't win this game, that's that's not a good sign. It's not a good sign for the rest of the year to me uh, because I, I think Alabama should win the game. I, I'm just not overly – uh, whelmed by overwhelmed by by Milton, to be honest with you, and and if they can't, you know they got it. They've got to, This is a really big game, really big game. Third Saturday in October this year. I love it when it's on the right Saturday, two thirty on CBS. The weather's going to be gorgeous. It, this is going to be a huge football game. And Rod, I guess if you're an Alabama fan, listen, man. I mean, being six and one with your only loss to Texas. That, that's that's a season that a lot of people would take at, to this point, and four and zero in the SEC. Having said that, as you're kind of alluding to, um, you know what's coming up against LSU in a few weeks. You got to get through Tennessee. There's a lot of work that remains to be done for this Alabama football team. I think what Alabama fans need to hang their hat on is that this team has managed to get to this point, and they haven't played a great game, uh, not for sixty minutes in the game. And you hope that that's out there in these next few weeks because you're going down the stretch. And, and, and Alabama's winning, Rodney, and I want you to respond to this. They're winning, but it's not like Alabama's mud-holing people are playing great. And we keep talking about the mistakes, the self-inflicted wounds, the penalties, sometimes turnovers. You, you just feel like that Alabama can get better. And if Alabama can get better, Rod, then they can get to Atlanta at 11-1. Would you agree with that? Yeah. You know, I like to kind of look back at past teams <clears throat> teams that you followed and because i do think sometimes past teams are similar makeup and even a long time ago you know i could look back to 91 and i look back at that team and how they manage you use the word managed or they're managing uh, that that 91 team managed to go 11 and 1 mm-hmm. i mean you know they came in that tennessee game i remember and and frankly you know tennessee was the better team and 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 Barker came in the game, and you know Lassick and 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 Saran Stacy had big days running it, and and all of those things, and they found a way to win that game, twenty four to nineteen. It was a great win, great great win. But no, I, I look at this team kind of the same way. They have to go. It's a week to week deal. It the, the margin for error. We really mentioned is. that, and I think I think that's the ninety one team. They had such a slim margin for error, but they were really good defensively and all those things. But I say all that to say, yeah, I mean, you you get through this week. And you manage this week, and if you win this game, then you've got the week off. You've got to prep, prep for, you know, LSU. Get ready for that game, and and then so for Kentucky's on the road coming up, uh, Auburn down there. So, uh, I, I, look, I think these are all challenges. But if Alabama can weather them, you know, and and overcome them, then then you go into that game in the SEC championship game with with a lot of confidence that you know from, from that you've built. So again. It's just a week-to-week deal. 
It really, really is. And you hope you uh, go 1-0 and every week. That's got to be, I agree with you 100%. This team just, it, it's got to try to knock them off one at a time. Just be a little bit better than everybody you play that, that Saturday. And uh, this team's still got a chance to do something special. But it is not going to be easy, Rod. In closing, I guess that's the, the final thought that I have. And I want you to uh, respond to that is that, you know, you, you want to clean all these things up. You do. But you just get the feeling that every time they're out there in an SEC game, it's, it's, it's going to be a dogfight for this team and yeah no doubt i mean it it is what it is and and i don't think i don't think uh saban necessarily expected anything different to be honest he said he said from the very beginning i like our team i like the makeup of our team but i don't i don't know you know if we're good enough to do this yet uh but or to win a championship but you know we're certainly i like where we are and i think like you said they're six and one right now they're in they've got everything in front of them they're in position uh to do uh something really really good uh but they again it's it's one at a time great stuff rod and uh of course uh, i know the conversation's been going nonstop since the game on saturday and we'll be unbelievably busy this weekend at tighterinsider.com this week yeah, they just have a hard time accepting this isn't the the same teams that we've seen, you know. Uh, so that's generating a lot of conversation. I mean, you you have to compare this team to itself, really. I don't think you can, you know, compare them to the other ones. But um, yeah, it's tighterinsider.com. It's only forty eight dollars a year, and you can get access with your credit card if you prefer. There is an address there to send a check. Gives you all our premium information, but also. Gary, you mentioned the All Sports Forum. That's where all that uh, exchange is going on right now and a lot of opinions and, and so forth on TiderInsider.com. And tomorrow night, Tider Insider TV at uh, 630 on WVUA 23. Thanks a lot, Rod. Okay, bud. Take care. All right, 955. We'll take a break and come back and wrap it up real quickly right after this. Weekday mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join us tomorrow as we add DC, DC Capstone Report to the conversation We'll get his thoughts on the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll also have his turning points of the game, key takeaways, and we'll turn our conversation to the third Saturday in October as we look to Tennessee versus Alabama. That conversation and more right here on your home for Alabama Sports Todd. 100.9 and 1230 AM. WTBC. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Hey, Bama. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. A cool, breezy day today with a partly sunny sky, the high 62. Tonight, fair with the low at 44. Or tomorrow and Wednesday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 67. The high Wednesday at 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 9.58, we flew through that first hour. In the second hour, we're going to get to Nick Saban's uh, post-game comments from Saturday following the win over Arkansas. Also, Casey Smith on golf with some interesting news. More of your phone calls all coming up in hour number two. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Find out more at alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Hour number two is on the way right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Hi, I'm Mark. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. 
Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. Tuscaloosa County has one of the lowest unemployment rates in the state. The August rate is 2.3%. The fire alert continues for West Alabama, except for Perry and Marengo counties. There are currently 10 wildfires burning in the state. All but one are in North Alabama, including one in Fayette County, another in Walker County. In sports, the opening odds on the Alabama-Tennessee game this Saturday afternoon are out. The Crimson Tide anywhere from an 8.5 to 10.5 point favorite to beat the Volunteers. For the latest local news in Tuscaloosa, Alabama sports updates. And severe weather information, download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news and sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV. Crimson Tide kickoff. Play-by-play for Alabama sports and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show for this Monday, October 16, 2023. We had a busy, busy first hour with uh, Rodney Orr from TiderInsider.com. Took some phone calls. And uh, in this second hour, we got Casey Smith on golf coming up at 1030 with some insight and info on uh, live and PGA tour um, merger stuff. What's going on there? And uh, we're going to get this second hour started off with some Nick Saban clips here in just a moment from the, uh, he was really entertaining Saturday post game, And uh, he was right. He had said all week, and I believed him too, but I had hoped that Alabama would uh, put Arkansas away when they're up 24-6, but uh, they hung on for dear life, and Saban pointed out again what a good team Arkansas is. So this hour is brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law, Paul Patterson and Mike Comer on the ground in Tuscaloosa and Northport. That means a lot for me. I, I want a local attorney. Nothing against the 1-800 firms, but I want to deal with an attorney face-to-face in person. And if I do have to go to court, I want to make sure one of them are there with me. And that's the case with you. If you need an attorney for personal injury, wrongful death, automobile accident, product liability, 18-wheeler accident, whatever it may be, and Patterson Comer takes your case, it's on contingency. You don't pay a dime unless they collect for you. And if you do have to go to court, they'll be there with you in the courtroom. They try all their own cases. Paul Patterson's in Tuscaloosa at 205 345 thousand mics in Northport at 205-759-3939. The commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, we're available to take calls on the First of Main Condos hotline if you want to call in and chime in uh, with us at 205-342-9904. We would love to have you. Right now, though, we are going to get to uh, to Nick Saban Saturday following that uh, what turned out to be a very tense 24-21 win over the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, Coach Saban uh, met with the media there inside Bryant-Denny Stadium. Here are his opening comments from uh, postgame on Saturday. So um, I'll tell you, like I... Um, 
you know, told the team, it's great to win. It's great to be, you know, where we are in the SEC relative to um, how we've progressed. Uh, but there's difference between beating the other team and winning the game. And, um, you know, we played pretty well in the game up till 24 to 6, uh, which was about halfway through the third quarter. And then we didn't finish. Uh, we didn't. We got penalties. Uh, I mean, the whole momentum of the game is on the third down stop. Uh, we get a, a grabbing a guy by the face mask after the play, you know, which, you know, to me is it's bad. I mean, you can say what you want, but, you know, a guy does that. He's putting himself ahead of, you know, what's best for the team and, um, you know, putting yourself in harm's way of having a chance to win. And then they go down the field and score. Uh, the momentum of the game changes. Uh, we go three and out on offense, you know, have a couple drop balls, uh, miss a couple throws, and not executing, not hitting on all cylinders, let the other team back in the game, but had the resilience to, you know, take the clock at the end of the game and not give them the ball back, which is really, I think, important uh, in the game. But hopefully we can learn how to beat the other team, not just win the game, but beat the other team, which means you got to play for 60 minutes, you got to execute, do your job, have discipline, do it one play at a time for 60 minutes in the game. Uh, look, if we didn't have the intensity we needed in the second half, that's on me. It's my responsibility. I always get asked what the halftime message was, but obviously this one is not worth repeating, so why would we even talk about it? Uh, obviously it wasn't very good. So, um, But anyway, uh, we got a lot that we can learn from. Got a lot of respect for this team. I told this I told our team, I said, this is going to be a different kind of fight, right? Because, you know, Sam is an offensive line guy. He's a tough guy. He's a physical guy. And their team is going to keep fighting in the game, no matter what. They always do when they play us. So we, 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 we need to be ready for that. And uh, obviously didn't make that point as well as I needed to. Yeah, I love it when he gets a little fired up. And uh, he's right, man. Um We've talked about it this morning. That game, that game should have never come down to that. That I give Arkansas credit for fighting. I do. I get all that. They fight hard. They don't quit. All that, but they don't get back in that game unless you help them. That's just the reality of it, man. The reality of it is, you got a chance to go up twenty-eight to six late in the third quarter. You have to kick a field goal because you can't convert on a third and three down inside the ten-yard line, and then you are off the field on fourth down, and you get a like he said, after the play, face mask call away from the ball. That extends the drive. This team isn't good enough to overcome those kind of mistakes consistently. Somewhere along the line, it's going to bite them. They've won the last two weeks. Give them credit. Really going back to the Ole Miss game. The only, only game that wasn't close was Mississippi State. So they've won, they've won games, but they're teetering on losing a game. And I think Saban is stressing that to them. Obviously, I think he's coaching his rear end off. But for whatever reason, some of the stuff that he's coaching them to do or not to do is not getting through. Just that simple. All right, we'll get back to Coach Saban right now. Let's jump out on the first of Main Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. And let's welcome in Ellis. Good morning, Ellis. Uh, Gary Harris, I just want to say it's, I guess we're going to have to get used to this kind of team called this is, this is our team. Yep, it what is. We got, man. 
and we're just going to have to deal with it. Just going to have to hope they find a way to get it done. That's right. Yeah, a lot of close yeah, games. But, but they can't keep on playing like they are because you said somebody's going to come up and bite them. And uh, the one I think that'll end up doing it if we don't watch out is LSU sure. because their quarterback. They're their good. quarterback is uh, He's great. Good. He's best best quarterback in the league. That's the best offense in the league. And I knew they were good, but I watched that Auburn game Saturday night, and they're better than I thought they were. Even uh, now, defensively, I, you know they're going to give some stuff up. But uh, um, yeah, you got to get through this one Saturday first. That's why I'm not focused much on LSU. But but LSU's really good on offense, and it'll be hard to win a scoring. Uh, shoot out with them. You're going to have to play a different kind of game and 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 uh, and make it uh, muck it up a little bit. But this first game concerns me against Tennessee. I, I don't think this is a given. Alabama's going to win the game. Uh, oh they, no, no, no. You know, no, gonna, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying, you know that uh, that why I said LSU because their quarterback is a whole lot better. I mean. Oh yeah, he's super. You're you're right, hundred percent. No, I'm. You know, you're you're sitting here halfway through the conference schedule and you're four and zero in the conference. So, like Saban said, it's it's you know it's all right there, but the way this team, like you said, this team is built, four and zero could turn into, you know, it could turn into five and three, or it could turn into six and two. There's no guarantee that they're going to be eight and zero and uh, or seven and one. And if you get to you know you get to six and two or five and three, then you're not probably not going to Atlanta. So there's still a lot of work to be done, and, and I'm with you, Ellis. The margin for error with this team is not great. In other words, I expect this to be another dogfight on Saturday. And their good news is they're showing the ability to win close games and find a way. Uh, bad news is if you play enough of those that, you know, it comes down to the fourth quarter, one or two series, there might be a point in time where you don't make the play. So... Uh, we'll see. I, I think they're going to win the game Saturday. I do, but um, I think it's going to be another. I think it's going to be another dogfight. I worry about that Tennessee defensive line and Alabama's offensive line being able to stand up against them. Uh, I'll be there. I know you be will too. be. We'll I will be too. Be there. <laughs> it's going to be. Hey, you go. We're going to be there with about a hundred thousand of our closest friends, pal. It's gonna be That's good. right. That's it's, it's gonna be fun it's Saturday. Get that good. Two thirty is my favorite kickoff time. I'm gonna miss this. I, I don't know. I know some people, uh, you know, won't. But I'm gonna miss the CBS SEC game of the week. I'm gonna miss it, man. I, I love the fact that that the SEC had the had the CBS network focused on the SEC every Saturday at two thirty. Man, I'm gonna miss that next yes, year. Yeah, it's gonna be different. Uh, be a lot of difference, but uh, yeah, it's just our uh, our identity is, is is what I'm saying. It's just it's that team. Yeah, you that's know, the, the yeah, it is what it is. You're 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 you know you're more than halfway through the season. You're not gonna you know you're not gonna reinvent yourself. This team's gonna be in close games. They're not gonna be able to score enough points consistently to really separate from people. The defense is good. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But at the same time, the defense has the potential to make mistakes. Uh, this is a team that you know again the last two weeks. If you don't have two huge penalties in those two games, you probably win both those games fairly comfortably. If you don't have Dallas Turner with the blindside block and that touchdown by by Braswell stands and you go up 14, you probably win that game comfortably. If if Jalen Key doesn't get an off-the-ball, after-the-whistle, defensive face mask, personal foul call, you probably win that game Saturday comfortably. But they did have those two big penalties. And unfortunately, like you're saying, this team just can't seem to – to get out of its own way. And, um, 
you know, those those are two plays that, again, if you don't get penalties right there, I think Alabama wins both those games comfortably. So, you know, but they, they got them, and they had to fight down to the wire, and uh, they won them both. We lose Ellis. Ellis is gone. All right, Ellis, thanks for the phone call. 10-13 here on the Gary Harris Show. All right, let's get to one more. Let's get back to Saban and get to another clip or two before we go to the break, Justin. we got a little bit of time here, and since we kind of got started with him, I want to I want to go um, – try to get as much of him on as we can let's uh let's take that clip uh on on losing steam in the third in the second half on what happened there with alabama they were in command of the game and then they weren't well it's two games now you know we came out a little flat on defense at mississippi state when we were ahead at halftime uh, but the first drive was really the best drive we had in the second half when we got the ball and we got the kickoff we, we went down the field uh and um didn't finish the drive, so um, and again, just didn't execute the way we needed to execute. You know, from the third down penalty, Jalen Key, we had like one or two penalties up until that point. We got multiple penalties after that. We got pass interference on third down, which would have got us off the field again, and that had to kick a field goal. So, um, and we had multiple penalties on offense, which put us behind the eight ball. So. Um, you know, we've just got to teach and learn from all these things and hopefully realize what it takes, not only in the game, but in the week of preparation uh, leading up to the game uh, so that you can go out there and play the way you need to play against really good competition. You know, I got a lot of respect for Arkansas's team. I mean, LSU beat them by three points. Ole Miss beat them by a touchdown all on the road. All right, so this is not the kind of team that you all think that they are. They're a good team, and that quarterback is a handful. I mean... You know, when a quarterback can take a, a, a major college football player and sling him off like a gnat on a fly's ass, I mean, a fly on a, a gnat on a cow's ass, I mean, that, 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 that was one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen a player make. And, um, you know, but we said one guy gets a guy, you know, you got to hold on, you got to hang on, and we got to clean him up. We didn't clean him up. We made a couple of mental errors on defense in some of those drives that let him get back in the game, too. You know, we run a stunt the wrong way. Quarterback, you know, runs for 25 yards on a big play when it was second long. So, but we learn from all these things. All right, wow. Um, I love that. I love that clip as well. And um, Saban breaking it down and not sugarcoating it, man. So, uh, but like I said, listen, it, this team is flawed. But right now, this team is finding a way to win the games it needs to win. If it can keep doing that, it's still got a chance to have a special season. I still believe that Alabama's best football is in front of it. We'll find out. All right, let's take a call before we get to the break because JR's called in. Hadn't talked to JR in a while. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, Gary, how are you? Doing well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the Alabama's potential is still there. It's just uh, we haven't seen the full the full game that Alabama can play. I, I sincerely hope that's the case. And um, with the talent we have on the team, it, it seems that's the most likely scenario that we've got. We can see the better, better Alabama team yet to come. Yeah, I believe that too. And I hope so, because if this team gets better, they've got a chance again. I still think this team has a chance to do a special season and be, have a special season, uh, but they got to improve. And, and that's the thing. Uh, I think they can. I, I just look at this team and 
Yeah. You know, if you did it a percentage, if you said playing it at a hundred percent was your absolute maximum, which it is, and um, playing at zero percent would be your absolute worst. I, I think this team's at about 75 percent right now. I, I don't. I well, think there's, you know, there's another, there's another fifteen, twenty, twenty five percent that they can get to, and um, if yeah. they can get to that and then play at their maximum, um, you know, they're gonna have a special year. The bad news is when you're playing at 70, 75%, your margin for error is small. And if you go the other way and you slip a little bit and you play at 60 or 65%, some of these yeah. games that you're winning, you may not win. So that's what makes it interesting, I guess, JR, right? <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. What, what was going on with the uh, time of the last game? It, I, you know, I've got starting to get ready to go to Innisfree. And next thing you know, it was about 1230. And I, was, I, I turned on the... On radio, and the game was already halfway over. <laughs> well, you know, it, it kicked off at 11 o'clock, JR. I, I know, but it was advertised as 2.30. As the game against Arkansas? No, it was 11, 11. At least early on it was. No, no, no. No, it wasn't. They didn't You got some false information there, buddy. They didn't, <laughs> Maybe yeah. I was looking at the Tennessee yeah, game. Yeah, you were. Tennessee you, were looking at ten, you were looking at Tennessee game. This was never This was never advertised at, at, uh, at uh, 2.30. Once that the SEC set its television schedule for last week, this game was slotted for 11 a.m. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, play, pay, pay more attention, well, my I, friend. You don't want to be, you don't want to be well, missing. I've been, I have been working now during the day, Yeah. so I don't get to listen much during the um, – Well, I understand. Uh, well, let me tell you, Saturday is t- Saturday is 2.30, so I want you to know the right <laughs> kickoff time. Right. Well, I went over there to the industry anyway and had fun. Yeah, yeah you got to see time. the second half, so that's always good. I see most of it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, not that it was the best part of the game. It wasn't. <laughs> but first anyway, half, first half I, it was better. Fun. Yeah. I just want to see them make a, do a complete game. And if we can do that, I think we are, we'll be all right. All right I, have, I have confidence Alabama's going to get better. But I've, I've been a while since I spoke with you, but I'm glad I got a chance to call in today. But right. I'll, I'll try to do it more. You know, I always enjoy hearing from you, JR. Have a good day. Okay, buddy. Right. Likewise. Bye. All right. 10 19. We're due to take the break. And, uh, let me talk to you about my friends at the YMCA. I'll be over there today at 1130, working out. Love it. In communities across the nation, the Y is a leading voice on health and well-being. We bring families closer together, encourage good health, and foster connections through fitness, sports, and fun. As a result, millions of youth, adults, and families are receiving support, guidance, and resources needed to achieve greater health for their spirit, mind, and body. Go by and visit the YMCA of Tuscaloosa today at 2313th Street. 2313th Street, you can call 205-345-9622 or look them up online at ymcatuscaloosa.org. All right, we're back with more of the program right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. And let me remind you to download that Tide 109 app. Another great uh, gift giveaway coming up with our Bama football trivia this Friday, courtesy of T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery and University Mall. You know what we're giving away this Saturday? I mean, this Friday, Justin? The Roman Harper print where he forced the fumble against Tennessee way back in 2005 to win that game against the Vols in Bryant-Denny Stadium. So more information on that coming throughout the week. We'll be back after this. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool, breezy day today with a partly sunny sky, the high 62. Tonight, fair with a low at 44. Or tomorrow and Wednesday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 67, the high Wednesday at 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 55 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Ten twenty three. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Justin Jones with you. We're going to get back to a couple of Nick Saban clips here in just a moment. First, some some news on Brock Bowers, of course, the best tight end in the country. Um, All-American for the Georgia Bulldogs. I think he ought to be a Heisman candidate. But uh, he went out of the game against Vanderbilt with an ankle injury. Kirby Smart has not provided an update as of yet, but a report late Sunday night indicated Bowers may need surgery for a high ankle sprain. Dog Central Graham Coffey, citing sources, said the tightrope surgery was recommended Sunday to Bowers and his family, and they are seeking a second opinion. Dogs HQ reported Monday morning the vast majority of the information we've gathered leads us to believe that this is indeed a high ankle sprain and that surgery is an option. Now, if he has the tightrope surgery, a procedure that you remember that uh, Tua Tagovailoa had, and I think some other Bama players have had it he could he would probably be back for the postseason but there is a chance that he could miss the rest of the regular season so uh clearly uh george is probably you know well they're still the favorite in the east but in a game like at tennessee um you know maybe even against florida and jacksonville i don't think either one of those teams are good enough to beat georgia but that could that could be a factor there for them so we'll keep you updated on on that all right let's get back to a couple of uh, nick saban clips following uh saturday's victory over arkansas you heard him talk about kj jefferson throwing off uh terry and arnold let's get to the one about the inconsistency in pass protection we've talked a lot about that this morning here's coach saban on pass protection issues Well, we make some mental errors. We don't fan first sack of the game. We fan it to the left. Left tackle doesn't fan. Guy runs in there unblocked, sacks the quarterback. Um, some a couple times a day we got beat physically. I mean, their rusher just beat our guy. Um, and, you know, but we have to handle pressure better. I mean, we have to be able to handle pressure and stunts better. I mean, this was a big boundary pressure team. It's exactly what they did when 28 sacked the quarterback the first play of the game. It's something we practiced a lot, getting the game. And with experience, I think our guys will learn from every one of these things and hopefully be able to get it corrected. All right. You got uh, to the point there. Just one of those things that they just continue to work on and they continue to deal with. All right. Let's stay with Coach Saban here on um, – let's see – on improvements in the running game because that's an area where they they have gotten better and uh, thought they ran the ball really well against Arkansas. Well, you know, we ran the ball really well the first time we had it in the second half. I mean, we had three or four really good runs. Um, you know, look, we think we got four running backs that can play, so we're going to play them when we feel like we have an opportunity to play them. So they're, that's that's always the plan. Have we always been able to do that? No. You know, sometimes the game doesn't dictate it. Um, but, you know, I'm glad to see all those guys got to play, and I'll, I think they all had, you know, good moments. 
All right, uh, let's get to one more Coach Saban clip because once we get to Casey Smith on golf, and um, we'll probably won't be able to get back to Coach Saban. Of course, he'll have his Monday press conference today at noon. You'll be able to hear that live on uh, Big Noon Sports with uh, Lars and Matt. Let's see. Let's get to um, yeah, Will Reichard because uh, that, uh, that's that's a that's an appropriate soundbite from Saban because Will Reichard became the SEC's all-time leading scorer. Uh, he came back for a year because of NIL. He he was set to go on to the Senior Bowl in the NFL, but uh, was able to come back because he was able to earn some NIL money. Coach Saban said this is really how NIL was intended to be used. Here's Coach Saban on Alabama's outstanding senior kicker. Well, I'm, I'm extremely happy for Will. Uh, honestly, I don't really keep up with those types of things, but really happy for him. You know, he has been probably as good a player at his position, even though he's a specialist as anybody that we've ever had here. And he's even a better person. And, you know, I think that um, he wanted to come back and try to improve, you know, his kickoffs so that he would have a better chance to be successful in the NFL. And I think this is one of the good things that name, image, and likeness brings to players, that a guy didn't have to be poor uh, and, and not be able to earn money. Uh, and be able to come back and do that as a college player as opposed to, you know, going to the draft, being a free agent possibly, not making the team, and then you're out. So um, that's one of the very good things, I think, about name, image, and likeness and players having opportunities to um, have a better quality of life while they're in college because they can stay and enhance their their career when they need to. And, and Will was uh, smart enough to understand that, that was something that could benefit him in his future. All right, 1028 here. And, uh, you know, usually when I talk with Rodney, we, we do the football and then we, uh, then we get to recruiting just a little bit and, and just ran out of time today. But do want to mention that uh, Bruton linebacker, uh, T.R. Miller High School linebacker, Miles Johnson committed to Alabama over the weekend, 6'1", 215, class of 2025, really athletic kid, and uh, has wanted to go to Alabama. This is a big deal for the folks down there in Bruton at T.R. Miller High School for him to get an offer and uh, commit to the University of Alabama, so another commit for the 2025 class for Alabama football. All right, it's 1029. We'll take a break and be back with Casey Smith on golf next right here on the Gary Harris Show. University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1032, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. It's time to talk golf with Casey Smith on golf and we got a lot to uh, to cover this morning. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, Gary. Hope you're doing well. Doing well. Let's start with the um, Shriners Children's Open. Really entertaining uh, golf tournament. I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but kind of was monitoring it a little bit on my phone. And Tom Kim, who we know has a ton of game, edged Adam had one by a shot to pick up a, uh, a big victory and, and $1.5 million in the process. Yeah, I mean, congrats to Tom Kim. He's uh, joins Tiger Woods in picking up his uh, only player to pick up his third win by the age of 21 years Jeez. old. Uh, he's definitely someone you're, you know, going to be a force to reckon with over time. It's strange because you think that he would be doing it more on a week to week basis, but then you realize, like, when you hear him talk, follow him closely. He's just a great kid. And you hear him talk, you're like, he's 21. That's why he's not doing it on a, you know, just every week. But I mean, still. 
just to uh, to win, and he's actually the first player to ever because it, last year was his first year to play to ever defend the title. So he won in his first year, and he won in his second year, which is uh, uh, actually pretty insane. Uh, but yeah, I mean, great great player. Uh, he had a, Adam Adwin was chasing him. Eric Cole posted early. Uh, Ludwig Oberg had posted a, a 62 earlier in the day. A lot of good guys. I mean, you know, you have to shoot 20 under plus usually to win that tournament, and Tom hit 20 uh, under. And now, um, you know, they go over to the Zozo in Japan. It's a weird travel schedule. They go from the Vegas to Zozo, and then they have three more events after that uh, to wrap up this fall. But there, there's a lot going on in the fall for a lot of guys that are trying, and some of our our guys that we follow, uh, we had Davis Riley finished at 28th, and um, Pat Gazire was really playing well, and then he sort of uh, stumbled in to finish at 46th. And uh, so, you know, he, he's got some work to do. I, heard, I see where he was an alternate this week, but a lot of guys going over there. But, yeah, big win for Tom Kim at the Shriners in Las Vegas. Indeed, and uh, you broke down the tournament pretty well. All right, uh, and then we talk about this every week. I'm still trying to trying to figure out how this all works, but we're going to be going back into kind of a normal year calendar uh, coming up in 2024. But uh, a lot of people, and, and and listen, I didn't even check who won the live event. Yeah, so Brooks Kepka defended his title. Okay. It was in Saudi Arabia um, at Jeddah, and he defended his title to win. Uh, and then finished. They, they they wrapped up their individual season uh, points list at Jeddah. Then they play one more week this week to finish their year in Miami um, at Trump Doral. They're going to they have the team competition. There's a lot of money on the line. But uh, Taylor Gooch loses in a playoff, but wins the individual points list uh, and then season bonus of eighteen million dollars. Uh, and and I was watching it where Kepka found out on air he didn't by winning the playoff. Um, he won a playoff last year, won a playoff this year. By winning the playoff, he actually got a four million dollar bonus because he finished in the top three, Jeez. the third put, place player on the money list. But yeah, he won. He 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 said afterwards he finally felt sort of back to his old self. Uh, he didn't you know he alluded to being a little bit sick at the Ryder Cup, but. Um, you know, back to his old self. Look, he had a great year this year. Um, weirdly, how some of the team dynamics work in that. It, it, there's re- they're getting relegated now. Players on the live. If you don't finish, if you finish in the bottom of the live on the individual, you're going to be relegated. His brother, who who didn't have a place to really play, was playing mini tour golf. Uh, Chase Kepko, who played at Florida State, mm-hmm. had had the luxury of with them getting Brooks to come over. He got a spot on Brooks's team because Brooks was the captain. Well, he's being relegated to the Asian tour. Um, and so he'll have to go to the minors. Brooks will find someone else to play there. But I looked for his brother, you know, made like $10 million in essentially two years and um, just from being on the team. Uh, and he sort of laughed about that in the interview afterwards, I thought was very interesting. But, yeah, Brooks kept the one there. Uh, and, and, you know, interesting part of it to me is Taylor Gooch, who got beaten to playoff, won three times on live this year, and then finished second once. He um, he is now ranked 201st in the world. So think about the guys he's beating. That's where there's a little bit of an issue. Taylor Gooch is not – I mean, Brooks won a major, so he's exempt in all the majors, but Taylor Gooch is not exempt. In, and I know there's a choice he made, but he's not exempt in any of the majors 
And he started the year at 50th in the world rankings, and now he's now so the world golf rankings are still a big, big issue for Liv. That's that's the bottom line. Is if yeah, you play I mean Liv, the biggest if you issue. Live, you're not going to get the world golf ranking points, and and of course, I guess I know that you know that when you do that, but it, it is going to impact you when you want to play major championships. Well, yeah, I mean, two things have got to happen there. Number one, the world golf rankings are supposed to be the world golf rankings, not the PGA Tour rankings. So they got to figure something out there because that, and then, and then the latest sort of uh, appeal, the live lost out on any points because the four majors essentially bonded together to say no. But there's this framework agreement that could get worked out. So yeah, they're just the issue. I think a lot of even the, the guys who were saying they shouldn't be allowed to play in the majors unless they earn points now have changed their tune. I've heard a lot of people yesterday going, "Well, that's not really fair that they're really just trying to rank the best golfers." So then Liv's got to determine. Are they going to play four rounds if that's what gets it done, or is it going to be having, you know, closed? Now it's not closed anymore. They're trying to allow guys to qualify week to week. So I think you're going to see some changes there. Uh, and then, you know, something I, I told you I wanted to hit on a little bit was I learned a little bit about what's about to happen probably with this Live and PGA Tour merger. Um, the deadline was 1231 of this year. They had to have an agreement. This framework turned into an agreement. Um, I think now, or, or what I'm told from some people that I definitely trust and in the know, um, that they're going to take on a private equity investment in this new company. It's not going to be uh, a nonprofit anymore that the tour has been behind. This new entity will be a for-profit. The delay the, of getting this agreement done is probably going to stretch out to prior to the master's. Um, they've had to get some clearance on that, but it's probably going to extend out a few more months because they're trying to figure out all these partnership agreements. And, and basically Endeavor is the parent company of IMG and Arctos who has stakes in like 20 professional sports teams and Fenway sports group who owns the Red Sox and Liverpool F football club and the Penguins. They're all considering taking a, making an investment into a private equity group that, has a stake in the PGA tour. And then the live is going to reduce their stake in this and it makes it look better, but they will still have the, you know, a controlling aspect of the board to try to then get all these guys back together. So I think as we thought next year, probably looks a little bit of the same. And then uh, we'll look like it'll probably by the end of next year in the fall, I bet you'll start seeing more of these guys playing and more of the events. I wouldn't be shocked if the fall, it doesn't get worked out. But, man, so many moving parts in golf do this. But yeah. uh, I was really shocked to see that that is where it's going. And I actually think that will probably work for everyone. Everyone wins that way. Okay, because that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you a very pointed question. Money aside, because I get it. I, I mean, I get it. When a, when a journeyman golfer like Chase Kepka, who probably, let's just say it for what it is, is, is not Brooks and is, you know, I'm not saying he couldn't eventually win a tournament, but he's – you know, he's not a marquee player. He's able to benefit because of Brooks and make all that money that he made despite not being very good by professional golf standards. I understand the money. These guys have made a ton of money. I get that, all right? Money aside, personal wealth aside, has Liv been good or bad for professional golf? I would say probably good because it's allowed some of the guys who weren't going to get a chance to play, to shine, to create a name for themselves. I mean, a Tom Kim for example, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys that are really good over there. Look at the Ryder Cup. I mean, Ludwig, uh, Ludwig Oberg is how you say his name, or Victor Hovland, or some of the Europeans that made their mark. They would not have had the leadership role or made their mark in the Ryder Cup um, 
especially those guys. I mean, and, and some Americans as well. I mean, Max Homa, who was the star of the Ryder Cup, where does he finish if DJ and, you know, you go on down the list of guys that are, are going to get picked. So it's allowed some guys to, it's allowed to show that, you know, the depth of golf. I think it's also brought out that the tour was operating a little bit as a monopoly and it, it's going to sh- reshape some stuff. So I think, I think, yes, in terms of total growing the game and, and adding depth to, to golf, for sure. So when we get to 2025 and um, if it goes the way you say it's going to go and we're kind of intermingling for, you know, you, you're thinking more about live guys playing PGA tour events. Uh, will live still though, have, have its own series and will some PGA tour players play live events? Could there be crossover both ways? Or do you think eventually it just all just kind of, you know, gels into one, one tour. You know, I, I think there's probably going to be because they took a sample from all the live guys and none of them really want to go back to the way the tour operates and playing tour golf. You don't have guys lined up to go back. So I think there could be an intermingling. You're going to also in the middle of all this in January have the Tomorrow Sports Tiger and Rory's new indoor team golf launch. Atlanta's got a team going to have a city, you know, a, a city and a team, even though they're all, it's weird that they're having, they sort of copied live a little bit and how they're having teams, but they're playing all the events in Palm beach, um, indoors. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. I think there's going to be some team aspects to it because they're seeing that that is catching on. Uh, and those guys like that, but that is also what the world golf ranking system has used against them saying, guys are protecting their team and it's not really protecting the field. That's one of the negatives they heard in the feedback from the world golf ranking committee uh, was Carlos Ortiz that said he had, he was trying to protect his team from, you know, winning. Well, that hurt them and their appeal. They used that. So it, it will be really interesting to see what they do. I, I think for next year, you're going to have, you know, all the best players playing in four events, it looks like, and then some sitting out unless they can get qualified in some form or fashion. Um, but that's why my whole my big thing is the golf fans have said it along. We just want the best players in the most events possible. And they're not going to be the majors if you don't get them in there. Taylor Gooch is the top 20 player in the world. He knows the decision that he made to go over there, but he also knows that the world golf ranking system is what determines who plays in the majors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, guy didn't come from much money. He was, he had made $9 million on the PGA tour and like two in endorsements. He took a $30 million payday from live and he's made 45 the last two years helps a lot for a guy that didn't come from much. So I see both sides of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll eventually get them all together. And then where, whether the team shakes out, that's just really, uh, that's anybody's guess, I think. You know, I wonder, Casey, because I, I think we're seeing it in the National Football League. I think we're seeing it in the NBA. I think we're seeing it um, in um, all the professional sports, Major League Baseball. I think we're now we're going to see it in college sports with NIL and, and golf's always been an individual sport. Uh, now there are some team aspects to it. But I do wonder, um, you know, brand is so important and, and, and social media is so important. I just wonder, of course, it could be what separates the great players from the average players. I just wonder how much, once, once this, like you mentioned, a guy Taylor Gooch, and I mean, he's rich beyond his wildest dreams now. 
I mean, let's just let's just be honest. These guys, this isn't this isn't good money. This isn't well. We're gonna live a comfortable <laughs> lifestyle. This is this is mega money, money that we think of CEOs of Power Five companies making. These guys are making. I just wonder if it impacts your drive to win. I just wonder if it impacts your drive to to you know you don't have to play if you don't want to play. You know, I guess again, maybe that's what the DNA of the great players is. They play for more than the money. But I do worry that it's it's just getting. Uh, it's just turning into strictly hand? a financial money game for well, these guys. I, I hope most take the road of Harold Barner. I, I listened to something that he said. He got $45 million, and he put $22.5 million in his foundation to help kids that can't play golf uh, grow golf. So hopefully most of them are in. Taylor Gooch is one of his best friends. He started one of those things in Oklahoma. They're dumping half their money into things to grow the game. Well, I great. have been very impressed and read a lot about that in the last 48 hours even uh, blown away that they took that i knew that they both started foundations i thought they probably started them with a smaller sum of money they really took a lot of this money that they got from live hopefully most of them are doing that but yeah i mean your point is valid i mean maybe that's what gives them the drive to not want to go play four events and 25 events on their schedule now that they've made you know 150 200 million dollars so valid point from you uh i did hear have one other thing on it we had been talking about potentially would would Nick would they go after Nick Dunlap? And um, uh, two things on Nick Dunlap. I think that our amateur golf ranking system is broken. I went and looked at after our show last week to see why he's only ranked fourth in the uh, world world golf amateur. Yeah, answer ranking. that, please. We all, well, we all think that he's number one since June. He has five wins in amateur golf, where the number one and two amateur. We're in the field. Northeast AM, North South AM, USAM, SEC match play, and Hampton's intercollegiate. So in, 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 in every one of those events, there was someone ahead of him in that field. And so uh, uh, I don't understand why he's the fourth and not the first. I know it works on a calendar year of things you've won. And uh, Sargent's obviously a great player in his own right. But uh, I bet if you ask Gordon Sargent who's the best amateur in the world right now, he's going to tell you the guy that's beaten him. I mean, the last few times they've been out to play. So head-to-head usually uh, determines that in golf, uh, especially in recent form. Uh, and then the other thing was Liv put out something at their event this week, and so they've, they're inviting certain players to qualify in what would be their basically Q school in early December. And one of the people invited – now, he doesn't have to go – but is the U.S. amateur champion, British amateur champions, all the major amateur champions, and it's other, you know, amateurs, but he was one of the 10 invitees. So it will be interesting to see if he accepts that invite. December 8th through 10th, he wouldn't have, I mean, he doesn't have to qualify and declare pro to go play in that. He can go over there and play as an amateur and see if he would be one of the top four finishers to get, you know, to earn a spot over there. So it will be interesting to see. I mean, he may not even know that he's invited into that yet. That's fresh, fresh. I got a, someone sent me a text of that. It was on a table at a live event of who they were going to be inviting. Uh, someone I know that's an agent. So uh, he knew that we talked a lot about Nick Dunlap on our show. Yep. So um, anyway, thought I would share that well, with Well, I'm you. glad you did because I was going to ask you about Nick too because I didn't give him enough time last week. I, I, I think that that – um, just one final thought, because you mentioned it briefly last week, but I didn't give you enough time to to have a chance to shoot 59 as a college golfer and lip it out. I mean, 
I, I watched the video of that. I got the clip. Me too. He didn't believe it. He, he couldn't believe it didn't go in. <laughs> he thought but he JC well on the background. <laughs> he couldn't believe it didn't go in either. You know, he that, did the turnaround with the flag. I mean, that, yeah, that 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 that's. I was watching the live update of him hitting the fairway. I was like, man, is he even gonna be able to hit the fairway? I played there. You know, great finishing hole. Windy. It's, it's great, great place. And and for to have all that pressure, knowing first golfer ever. And I heard he knew that he was going to be the first ever to shoot fifty nine, and and have a chance to do it. Really, uh, I I just think that uh, this is one of those guys, especially right now, at least his last six months of form um, is showing to be. I mean, it's one of those once in a generation type players to come through. And we've had Justin Thomas come through and Bobby Wyatt and great players and Michael Thompson and me go on who've had great, great college careers. What he's doing right now is truly remarkable. And, and selfishly, I hope he finishes out the year um, to just see how, how, what they can do. They're ranked 12th as a team, but uh, I would, I mean, he's the odds on favorite right now. If he continues playing well to win the Haskins award, to win the Hogan award. And you can see how quickly that can turn from, you know, this is a Ryder cup year, but uh, Ludwig, well, Ludwig Oberg from well, Texas Tech, and he won that award two years in a row. And then next thing you know, he's won twice on tours, played in the Ryder Cup. And so his his life has turned really fast, and you're rewarded, uh, you know, you're compensated for it as well. And so Nick, Nick's got a lot of good things ahead of him. I just hope he keeps playing good golf and hopefully going to get a chance to get out to watch him. He's actually the um, Alabama men and women wrap up there. Uh, fall seasons next week, Alabama at the uh, Stillwood Collegiate down at South Alabama's hosting in Loxley, Alabama, and the women at UNC Wilmington. They're ranked 36, but men's team's really got a good team, and um, the Auburn transfers been playing well is, is sort of a fourth, fifth guy for them, so that's, that's great as well. All right, Dunlap, scary good. All right, I tell you what, I, I've got to hit the break. I'll save it for next week. I, I want so you can go ahead and I can go ahead and let you know. I want you to get your uh, Justin Thomas info together because I want you to give us a summation next week on where you think he's at coming off the most disappointing professional season of his career, and where you think he can go in in twenty twenty four. If you think he can rebound, or if you think his best golf is behind him, think about that, and uh, we'll tease it for next week, Casey. And I definitely want to awesome. ask you about that. Okay. Thanks, Gary. Have All a right. great week. Have a great week. All right, 1051, we'll take the break, and we'll come back and uh, wrap up the show. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law, and we'll be right back after this. Go inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show. Hey, everybody, it's Gary Harris. Coming up Tuesday on the Gary Harris Show, Rudy Arman, the Rocket Man, talks some ball with us, plus the Titans report with Kayla Anderson and Paul Patterson from Patterson Comer Law Firm will be in with uh, some free legal advice. That's Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. on the Gary Harris Show. Catch the Gary Harris Show Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. You Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool, breezy day today with a partly sunny sky, the high 62. Tonight, fair with the low at 44. Or tomorrow and Wednesday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 67, the high Wednesday at 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
Hey, 1054, Gary Harris back with you. I, I want to mention to you a, a big event that's coming up, a golf tournament this Thursday at Old Colony. And it's for Crossing Points, which is a f- fabulous organization. The Crossing Points program at the University of Alabama is a three-tiered program serving college-age students with intellectual disabilities. And uh, you can still get a team in. It's not, uh, it's not too late at all. And uh, this is going to be a great event. On Thursday, it's a four-person scramble. You can sign up as an individual player or, or your team as well, and it's not too late. Um, Crossing Points, as I said, is an organization I'm very, very familiar with. This is the Betty Shirley Annual Golf Tournament supporting UA Crossing Points program. Weather is going to be fabulous. The golf course at Old Colony is in fantastic shape. In fact, it's probably in the best shape it's been in in a long time. Coming off the Tuscaloosa Toyota Classic. I played out there a week ago yesterday. I played out there a week ago last Sunday, I think it was. And, and the golf course was just phenomenal. Lunch and registration begin at 11 a.m. Shotgun start at 1230. Um, field is limited to 30 teams. And Jay Sewell, the head coach of the Alabama men's golf team, is this year's honorary chair. So this is a big, big event with a great, great cause and uh, you can get more information by calling Old Colony at 205-562-3201. Or you can contact Crossing Points at 205-348-3180. That's 205-348-3180. So if you still want to uh, get in a great golf tournament this fall while this weather's perfect and you're not in one yet, uh, this uh, Crossing Points tournament uh, coming up on Thursday at Old Colony is a fabulous one to sign up for. So I uh, wanted to get that information out there. In fact, I'm trying to work it out um, just to know where I can play Thursday afternoon. i got to be able to take off from the TV station, but I'm, I'm working on it. So maybe I can take off Thursday and play in that golf tournament because it's going to be fabulous. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the show. Uh, let me say uh, another word about a new sponsor that's joined us in the last uh, couple of weeks. And you hear the commercial, but uh, uh, Jackie Houston is a, is a is a stand-up guy. Houston Stream Carpet and Upholstery Cleaning. Uh, make your carpet clean enough that if you've got a child, they can just go to sleep on it and you don't have to worry. I mean, it'll be spotless. They've been going here in Tuscaloosa for right at 40 years nearly. So you don't stay in business locally unless you're good. Houston Stream. Give us a call for all your steam cleaning needs, 205-553-9460. That's 205-553-9460. Carpet and upholstery cleaning. Find out more at HoustonHydrasteam.com. All right. I want to thank Rodney Orr. I want to thank uh, Casey Smith for their time. I want to thank Justin. I want to thank Noah. I want to thank you for listening. Catch me on TV tonight with your local sports on WVUA 23. And tomorrow morning, the Tuesday edition of the 9 a, of the Gary Harris Show begins at 9 a.m. We'll have uh, Paul Patterson in for a uh, Patterson-Comer Law segment. Also, Drew DeArmond and Kayla Anderson with the Titans Report. All that coming up tomorrow. The Miller's Edge is coming up next with Corey and Kristen Miller. Always an entertaining show. Keep it dialed in all day for great sports talk on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Have a great day, everybody. Listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. She's running.